truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here with me if you'd like to join us. 888-900-3393 is the number here to the Blaze. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Try liking us on Facebook, and we emphasize the word try. Give it a shot. Who knows? It might happen. It probably won't, but try it anyway. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Typical Wednesday up on deck for you. Some buy, sell, or hold, and we'll cover a myriad of topics, uh, courtesy of you, because you know Aaron didn't do the work. That's coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, our weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz will be here to take us inside politics. But before all those zany hijinks ensue, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by your new conservative hero trademark. Meet Elise Stefanik, a New York Republican and her F Liberty score, who absolutely destroyed the Democrats during yesterday's impeachment hearings. I wanted to start with the July 25th call between President Trump and President Zelensky. Mr. Morrison, you were on that call and there was no mention of withholding aid on the call, correct? That is correct, Congresswoman. And there was no quid pro quo, correct? Correct. No bribery? Correct. No extortion. Correct. Speaking of impeachment news, a Kansas Democrat called into C-SPAN and basically spoke for most of us. Well, you know, I really thought that we were going to get a real stick-it moment, and, um, you know, we don't have it. And I don't know how we're going to get Trump out of office if we don't have a stick-it moment, but nothing, nothing that I heard really made it concrete that he did he did anything other than just wanted to check in on an already existing um, investigation on the Bidens. A new poll of New Hampshire by St. Anselm shows Pete Buttigieg leading with 25 percent. Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren are tied for second with 15 percent. Sanders and everybody else are in single digits. Moving on, two federal corrections officers were arrested yesterday for allegedly trying to hide their failure to check on inmates on the night the convicted sex offender and accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein killed himself in his Manhattan cell. Checking in on Senator John Kennedy. How can I put this? Christmas ornaments, drywall, and Jerry Epstein. Name three things that don't hang themselves. It, that's what the American people think. The AFP News Agency, an international news group that supplies stories to hundreds of outlets, announced the retraction of a story they published claiming over 100,000 children were in U.S. immigration-related detention centers after they found out the data they based the story on was from 2015. But not until after news organizations like NBC and politicians like Bernie Sanders ran with that story. And now, super happy fun times in America. Seth Marlowe is a woman who dresses like a dude and has had a double mastectomy. She started hormones in 2003 and then ceased in 2012 in order to get her period again and generate enough eggs to perform in vitro fertilization with her partner, who is also a woman and identifies as such. 
They got an anonymous donor to fertilize the egg, and together they had a son. Seth Marlowe recently began male hormones again and now identifies once more as a dude. The ACLU tweets, There's no one way to be a man. Men who get their periods are men. Men who get pregnant and give birth are men. Trans and non-binary men belong. Hashtag International Men's Day. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is Congratulations, sexually amorphous blob. There's absolutely nothing special about you. The Palatine, Illinois school board voted recently on whether dudes who feel pretty can use women's locker rooms. This video courtesy of Chicago's Daily Herald. Yeah, it passed. It passed. And how does that make you feel? Oh, I'm I'm ecstatic. Uh, I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I feel uncomfortable that um, my privacy is being invaded. As I am a swimmer, I do change multiple times naked in front of the other students in the locker room, and um, I I understand that the board has an obligation to all students, but um, I was hoping that they would go about this in a different way that would also Learning Spanish today. Today's phrase is too bad, sweetheart. You're going to get naked in front of that boy with a pink hair and you'll enjoy it. Bigot. Lástima, cariño. Te desnudarás frente a ese chico con el cabello rosado y lo disfrutarás. Fanático. And finally, definitive proof that gender is not, in fact, a spectrum. And that's what happened while we were away. (sighs) Aaron's montage brought to you by our partners over at Swiss America, who have also noticed, like many of you have, the difficulty and kind of the weird look, even the outright denial or shunning you get if you try to make a major purchase with cash nowadays. um, That's not unintentional. Uh, There is a secret war on cash, and that's the new Swiss America white paper that you're going to want to check out. Uh, it, it, It tells you why banks, for example, are now required to spy on you. Uh, and and I, you and me for the government, uh, and then report any financial behavior they deem suspicious and unusual. I mean, remember when cash was king, it meant independence, power, leverage. You could walk in, make something happen right away if you wanted to, right? Well, I'm sure this will not come as shocking news to many of you watching and listening to a show like this, but a lot of the people that want to run your life don't want you to have that kind of independence and power anymore. Not to mention they want to be able to track you if you try it, all right? That's why you want to get this new secret war on cash because it's really a war on all freedom-loving Americans. You can get it right now from our friends at Swiss America at SwissAmerica.com. That's their website, SwissAmerica.com. Or give them a call, 800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. Let's go to the montage. Um, we're going to talk more about Elise Stefanik. Hate the game, not the player, right? I mean, she saw she saw Devin Nunez, who's a complete and total puke on the issues. Uh, he's got a he's last I checked, he had an F Liberty score too. I want to say his was like thirty one percent or something last time I checked. Just right. as a general rule of thumb, if you're trying to figure out what the Liberty score is of a Republican. It's an F. Yeah, yeah, just start with an F and work your way up from there, and you won't have to go very far most of the time. Because if you don't know what their Liberty scores are right off the hand because of their reputations, then chances are you don't 
really want to know what they are. And so props to Elise Stefanik. She saw the game that uh, Devin Nunez has been running, where he basically is an unpaid contributor on Fox News. Do they do they do any shows on Fox that Devin Nunez is not on? Now I don't I don't watch cable news, but when I try to come up with when I go into the archives available on all the various shows to come up with the clips that we're going to use for fake news or not each week, it seems like he is on every single show on Fox. Right? So he, he's turned in a cottage industry into pushing back on the Inspector Clouseau uh, dwarf on golf attempts by Democrats in the deep state uh, to have uh, a, a coup out in the open that wasn't supposed to be out in the open. They're just so bad at this, though, that it's now out. It's now out in the open. And he's turned a cottage industry into pushing back on this the last couple of years. And at least Stefanik, who didn't even couldn't even bring herself to vote for the Trump tax cuts. That's like the only thing other than judges Republicans did with control of Congress for two years was pass a tax cut. That was it. She couldn't even bring herself to vote for that. She voted against those. And and she's over there watching the racket that Devin Nunez has turned to turned into just pushing back on the deep state. And now he's got all of you thinking he's, you know, George frickin' Washington, all right, when his policies are actually much more in line with the people trying to do the coup than most of you watching. And at least Stefanik's like, dude, man, I got to get me some of that. I, I hear you. I see you working, girl. Hate the game, not the player. I see it. It's a racket. I know what you're doing. I, I respect it. I see it. You know, we'll talk about that with our good friend Daniel Horowitz later on. Something tells me he won't have any respect for it whatsoever actually knowing daniel so we'll let we'll let him be the bad guy that's coming up a little bit later on uh to the person pretending to be the kansas democrat i don't believe that was a kansas democrat do you guys believe that i don't but again props props to maga MAGA lady who called up c-span as kansas democrat (laughs) again i hate the game not the player right i mean I, i i don't blame you one bit i mean on the a day after you watched a central hub for the dissemination of news on the continent of North America run wild with the United Nations report about all the migrant children that we have in chains. Use the phrase Joe Biden likes to use when he's talking to black churches. Putting y'all in chains, right? And 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 you watch all of these news outlets just run with this. Once this central hub, this aggregator comes out with this story. And then when it's brought to their attention that it actually, the report is from the year 2015 when Barack Obama was president and they started doing the Homer Simpson gif where they back into the bushes. Okay. I don't blame you at all, man. I don't. I don't blame you at all for putting down the Paul Malls, muting Sean Hannity for five minutes to stay on hold on C-SPAN. I don't. In fact, I, I come not to bury Caesar, but to praise him for this. Are you kidding me? This is how to play the game. I'm all in on this. I'm not even, this is not tongue in cheek. I know you guys are laughing. No, okay? no. But I'm not, I'm not intentionally doing humor. It's just I'm doing play-by-play of a vaudeville act. And so the laugh, the laugh Olympics here are just, when it, when it, when it is just, when, the, when this is the decathlon of face planning and the, and the artist formerly known as Bruce Jenner is now, a chick doing the play-by-play of the sport that made him a worldwide sensation. This is just, you can't help it. The, the jokes are just writing themselves. It comes with a laugh track, right? Correct. I, I am praising her for this, all right? So she put down the Paul Mall. She muted Sean Hannity. 
because you know she it, it's in the middle of the morning, but she's got that taped overnight, man. She's watching it first thing in the morning. All right, make sure she didn't miss anything that the deep state was up to. And did we ever find out what happened to Mark Rich and Hillary's emails? All right, so she's on hold. She's got Sean Hannity on mute uh, from from last night's replay on the DVR, and she's on hold pretending to be a Kansas Democrat on C-SPAN. I'm all in on that. Okay, and drops what is really the whole talking point of this entire fiasco. There's no gotcha moment. I thought they were going to be able to get rid of him. And she even she's even she's much better at this, by the way, than the witnesses that uh, that that uh, the shift show keeps calling up there, which keep contradicting their own uh, talking points. And, and have, have we talked to anyone who was actually on this call yet? Do we know? Erzin, get me somebody for the overtime that can answer this question, please. We've had a week of hearings. Has anybody testified yet that was actually on this call? Does anyone know? Does anybody know what a call is? Yes. Can, it, can they at least have the good nature of going up there and identifying as someone? I'm identifying, I'm identifying today as someone that was on the call. I'm identifying as that person. And I just want to share with you from my unisex bathroom what I really felt like was going on there. Why do you need me to get anybody when you already know the answer to this question? I, I just, I'm waiting for someone who was on the call to testify, for goodness sakes, don't man. You, don't you believe in the power of super duper hearsay? <laughs> so, the fact that she even had like, she even had like the, the first person down, again, that's, that's a great counter intel operation, counter propaganda operation, way to work the screening process at C-SPAN. I've, I've hosted or I've been the guest on that show on C-SPAN getting those calls and I've heard in my ear how tightly screened they are. So well done. I, I really appreciate that. I, that. That is how you need to, and I'm not joking. I do not believe that was a Kansas Democrat because it wasn't, okay? All right. Secondly, we all know who it was, all right? And thirdly, that's exactly how to push back against these false narratives. That's, that's exactly how to do this. Rush Limbaugh used to call these seminar callers back in the day when I used to listen every day. That's the example of turning a seminar caller against the seminar. I'm all in on this. She's okay? learned from one of the greats. This is like her version of J- the, what, John Barron? She's her own John Barron, yes. 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 In fact, I'm, I'm trying to figure out right now whether I can fit a Disney trip for the, I couldn't do it this year into the family schedule for next year. If you get through the Democrat line on C-SPAN and, and claim you're John Barron and you get on there and just start destroying Democrat talking points as a pretend Democrat, like this woman did on C-SPAN this morning under the name John Barron, I might, I might find it in my heart to send you to Disneyland instead. That's how much I, that's how badly I want to see that. All right. Um, but that's, but let's just assume it really was a Kansas Democrat. Okay. Cause there really aren't any Democrats in Kansas. They're called Republicans, but, um, um, let's just assume that it was a Kansas Democrat. Who's just in a mon- who's monotone despondent. <laughs> I am. I really thought we were going to get uh, a stick it to him moment. We didn't get that moment, so I'm not sure we'll ever be able to get rid of him next. Oh, 
I wasn't supposed to say that. Okay, let's, let's assume that was an actual Kansas Democrat. Could I suggest, potentially, if you wanted to get rid of Donald Trump, could I suggest an alternative course of action? You guys okay with a plan B? Sure. You guys, are, you guys want me to defy the binary choice again? I know you like it when I do that, right? No, let's do it. All right. Have you considered trying an election? All right, moving on. So uh, let's, uh, where else are we going to go? Um, let's go to the poll in New Hampshire. You know me, I will always respond to the, to the data. In the end, data wins with me. And the data is now telling you Pete Buttigieg is the front runner in the Democratic race for the, for the nomination. Now, whether he can sustain that, whether we're going through a flavor of the month. <laughs> nice. Hey, you earned it. All right. I'm your Mark D'Antonio right now. Go ahead and run that, uh, you know, uh, throw that extra touchdown in at 44 to 10. I got it coming. I'll, I'll take my whooping when it comes. You know, I've, 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 I've had to have this happen to me so little in life that I really don't matter. It doesn't bother me too much when it oh, does. Oh, nice okay. save. Did you like, did you like that? There you go. Yeah. Stick with me, Padawan. I'll, as, I'll teach you the ropes around as here. As long as I get credit for the one who did it. That's right. All right. But there, uh, without, without question now, because national polls are irrelevant. I don't have to go over this spiel again. They're irrelevant. doesn't matter what anybody thinks that's not in one of the states that's voting before all the other states vote. Those are the polls that matter. And yesterday we pointed out there wasn't a data point that showed out showed up that he was anything other than an Iowa phenomenon, right? We had this conversation about this time yesterday, almost exactly 24 hours ago. Uh, and, and then the God that Chick-fil-A is currently praying to uh, heard, heard uh, my lament and said, do not be deceived. The rainbow will not, you, you will not be mocked, all right? You conservatives will always reap what you sow. And so literally 24 hours later, uh, Taste the Rainbow has spoken. And you know, like a flock of Skittles, here's a new poll that has him soaring into the lead in New Hampshire. So without, without question now, he is the front runner in the Democratic race. Now, is, it, is this, I still believe if I were on his campaign, I'd want these numbers in, on January 20th, not, not November 20th. Okay. There's still, there's a debate. Is there one tonight, maybe? Yes. Okay. It'll be fascinating to see how he is handled by the other candidates on the, on the dais now, whether they turn their guns on him or not. He has actually, remember, he's been in this position before, kind of. He wasn't in this strong of a position, but he was the flavor of the month. When was this back? Like in May, June, July, right? Mm-hmm. Sometime in the spring and summer. And, and then people started to say, well, who, who in the world is this white male? And, then they realized when he wasn't when he wasn't being gay, he was just another white male who who had racial problems and police brutality on his record as the mayor of South Bend. He imploded into single digits, and like Elizabeth Warren, has risen. Now, um, he's done this independently, though. I will give him credit for this. Elizabeth Warren did this with great aid. I mean, the media. You remember that last scene in the original Friday the 13th when the chick's out there on the boat and thinks she's safe and the, and the carcass of Jason Voorhees comes out of the out of Crystal Lake and grabs her, right? Sure. Okay. The media did that for Elizabeth Warren, but in reverse, right? She actually had fallen and she forgot her life alert and could not get up, right? And so the media actually jumped in uh, and did a, did a, they did a Jaws of Life rescue for her to put her back on solid ground. He hasn't gotten any of this kind of help. He's largely been forgotten, frankly. 
Well, not from the press. Now we're in awkward positions of having like from the, the bu- money. When I say forgotten. I mean from the bubble. I okay, want to clarify that. The money that. from yeah. Gay Inc. is obviously yes. huge well, but, for him. But outside of his own purview, he has not gotten a helping hand from the system. He has he has largely done this himself, and the way that he has done this is he has positioned himself as the new. <coughs> centrist in the race and we've been telling you for much of this autumn because we're seeing his ads in here on television here in iowa they're all ads about why are we forcing people to take health care plans they don't want to take you know why don't we we can help the poor without doing these sorts of things and in many respects he's you know and he's running on the unifying message that joe biden began his campaign on in many respects he has co-opted the the themes of joe biden's candidacy and you are now seeing um, you're seeing, uh, we, are, we already saw people in Iowa respond to this, and now we have the other early state where they're doing it as well. So this, to me, will be the test of his staying power. Do people really believe he can beat Donald Trump? Because I think, I think this has been the issue. It, this, this really is, now that I think about it, it, it is a lot like 20, 2012 in the Republican primary, where we had this flavor of the month because nobody wanted Romney as the nominee that wasn't on his payroll. And so it was constantly about who's the guy that can save us from Romney. Can Rick Perry save us from Romney? Can Michelle Bachman save us from Romney? Can Rick Santorum save us from Romney? And so it was this sifting to see who could we all rally behind so we don't get this milquetoast rhino that we know won't win for a nominee, right? In this case, there is no Romney in the primary, but it's about who can save us from Trump. Who do we think can go up there and beat Trump? And they've, they've, they've tried a few now. Kamala Harris had her moment, especially after the way she knifed Joe Biden and she surged to the forefront and she has just been an exercise in self-parody really ever since. All right. Um, Then you had Elizabeth Warren had her moment and it looked like just when she was about to really put an iron grip around this nomination, she decided to actually be honest and it's really stalled out her candidacy. Uh Oh, (laughs) I mean, is that what's kind of happened? Yeah. She was, she got baited into big pay for your plan. And she was like, Oh, I'm okay. I'm happy to do that. We're going to tax everything and everyone. And a whole bunch of people that probably even agree with that thought, um, we're supposed to lie about this and then do it after we're elected. We, we lie about what Obamacare is to get elected. And then we pass it three days before Christmas at 2 a.m which is exactly what they did, all right? She's out there actually trying to like have dissertations and academic disputes and conversations of substance and Democratic voters are like, that That. That won't win. We can't do that, all right? And so that stalled out her candidacy. So now they're going to see if Pete Buttigieg can do it, whether or not he is capable of standing up to Donald Trump. So it will be fascinating to see if the other candidates candidates recognize that this is what's going on. And then if they do, what they are prepared to do about it. Todd, your thoughts? Uh, well, it's interesting. The, the fact that he's becoming this popular this soon, I want to echo the importance of what you're saying about him needing to be like this in uh, a month from now versus right now. Th- this could work against him in another in terms of if he's if it's kind of later in the game and he becomes a fait accompli, it's it's tougher for everybody at that point to say, whoa, 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 right now. And yesterday, I'm the one who poo-pooed a loss uh, uh, in South Carolina as 
it in no way, even if it's decisive, killing Pete Buttigieg. But right now, if you, you think beyond South Carolina and you think the kind of states that are like South Carolina, this gives whoever's against them, particularly black America, if they are serious about this is a no-go zone, and in, when, Steve, you're talking about margins of mm-hmm. 40,000 votes that decide things last time based on you know, Wisconsin and how many other states, four or five, whatever. Yeah, just to reset this, 20,000 black voters who voted, who were on the rolls as voting in Milwaukee County in 2008 and 2012 did not vote in 2016. And if you do the math, that's about 89% of the margin of victory in Wisconsin that Donald Trump had were those missing black voters in Milwaukee County. I'm saying this gives people an extra month month and a half to decide if this is a place i'm not going what am i going to do next and how i'm going to message that and i again this this could be one of the most revolutionary times in all of american politics if the black american vote decides that you know what we're going to be up for grabs this time because this is not the deal we made i think I think you're going to get a political science class on just how even Democrats will respond to this. Yep. They're more aware of the stuff I'm telling you than, than I am and any of us are. They have just been, they've been permitted an environment where they've been able to keep this quiet for decades. And the, and the reason being is Republicans have simply just not been serious about contending for these kinds of voters. And we can debate whether that's because they're not, it's not possible to, so why waste your time? Or That's a whole other conversation and show we're not having right now. We don't have time in the time we have to have that. We're just simply, that Republicans are just not serious contenders for these kinds of voters. And so this hasn't brought this conversation that's, been, that's happened under the surface in Democratic circles for, a lot, for many, many years now. But it hasn't forced it to the surface. Pete Buttigieg's presence is going to force this to the surface. And, and, and you cannot avoid, now we've got, you know, I was talking about this months ago. Now the mainstream conservative media is pointing out why he doesn't have black voters. And they didn't, and, and, and mainstream conservative media didn't want to say anything about this a few months ago, but now they're being honest about it. Sooner or later, you had Chris Wallace kind of break the fourth seal and asking him about it on Fox. We had that clip a week ago. Mm-hmm. There, if, as long as he is in this front runner spot, this conversation becomes unavoidable now. Agreed. And, and, and. And, the, and they could have maybe glossed around it or come up with some kind of unity ticket if he wasn't the mayor of some podunk town with a high crime rate in a deep red state like Indiana. If he was a senator from a respected Democratic enclave, if he was a governor of a state where he had, you know, like a, like a gay John Bell Edwards, they, they probably could have swerved around much of this. But because he's really a podunk politician with almost no resume or experience, that there is no precedent ever for people voting for somebody like this in modern times from absolutely out of nowhere. I mean, Abraham Lincoln is a member of the Illinois state legislature had more political experience. He also was in an era where there were like six political parties. All right. Um, And not to mention that was almost 150 years ago. Uh, It'll be fascinating to see how they choose to address this and navigate it because they have to. And that is if they want to win, they have to. If they don't, then they won't. But then they'll then they'll have to address it in a general election because you know Donald Trump will. Like Donald Trump's not dropping Mike Pence for Nikki Haley. He's not doing that. Never was. But man, could I could absolutely see a Donald Trump dropping a Mike Pence for a Ben Carson or pick a pick a black Republican just 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 
to bring this to the surface, just to do it. Yeah. If you, if, if, if you set Donald Trump down in an office and said, this is the difference between you winning and losing your reelection, you don't think he would do that? Hell yeah, he would do that. Oh, Hell yeah. He'd put Maxine Waters on his ticket. And then to he do would that. tell Mike, and Mike, you know what? You're going to retire, and I'm going to endorse you when you run in 2024 for the nomination, and that's how I'm going to make it up to you, all right, for standing by me when I had some issues in 2016. All right. And I think we all know Mike Pence is good. If he's good at anything, it's tail tucking between firmly and leg and he'll walk away. So absolutely. If you think that they decide that they just the cost of this and, and they won't Elizabeth Warren, it's, they're going to find some way to bring this up, some way to address it. All right. That's just the, that's that's the word. That's the that's the reality of politics. Pete Buttigieg as the lowly mayor of a podunk town. Okay, most people can't spot on a map that makes Gary, Indiana look like Acapulco, all right? He doesn't have the political clout for women like Elizabeth Warren to say, I will not be denied my opportunity again. They're going to address this. By the way, there's a debate tonight. It could happen tonight. And it could even happen tonight. They're going to address this. And I will be, and I have no idea how they're going to do it. I don't, I don't, I don't run in their circles enough to know, but I'm going to be damn fascinated to, to, on, the, on the, I'm much more fascinated by this than whatever the hell's happened on Capitol Hill with the, with the shift show. You have a quick thought on this, Aaron? Hot take. Um, I believe if the polling, the latest polls out of Iowa and New Hampshire are reflective of the results of those two races, of those two uh, caucus and primary uh, um, primary processes, we're going to go to a brokered convention. I could see that as well. I also think him winning Iowa could kill the Iowa caucuses. I do. I think I think the system would just come in and say, enough, you, you yokels can't handle this enough. All right, we'll play some buy, sell, or hold next. Stay tuned. Back here, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. Brought to you by Keeps, who knows that losing your hair sucks. But what you may not know is that the cause of your hair loss could be a hormone called DHT. Good news is the FDA has approved two hair treatment products that help to control your DHT while preventing further hair loss. It's even triggered some hair regrowth in a good percentage of guys as well. Now, up until now, though, these products were very expensive and required a doctor visit to obtain, but not anymore because Keeps offers you the generic versions of both of these two FDA-approved hair products. And not only now are they 90% effective, they're totally affordable. And there's a great deal as well you can take advantage of. You can save your hair by never leaving your couch. Just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. Then they'll ship it directly to your door. And now about that special offer to get you started. How about a free online doctor consult and and 50% off your first order? 50, did I say that right? Yes, half off, 50% off your first order. If you go to keeps.com slash Y, that's keeps.com slash Y. And now, buy, sell, or hold, Aaron, with a little help from you in the audience, probably a lot of help, actually, will send Todd and I a series of statements, predictions, projections, questions, etc. Todd, you and I will decide, are we buying that? Are we selling that? No topic is off limits. However, if what you're asking us to comment upon is so lame, it is beneath the dignity of even the mediocre intellects we display on the show daily. We are permitted once an episode, only once, only once per episode. Are we permitted a, a hold? If we use it for anything other than the lameness being foisted upon us, 
then we will out ourselves as lame. We will have violated the dude code by punking out and we will be punished harshly and severely. Aaron. All righty. We're going to start with Sven Lucas, who says Jeffrey Epstein will speak at CPAC before Steve does. <laughs> We're starting with this this week, huh? Yep. Well, I got to say, if this is if this is the opening pitch. Ones. There were a lot of good ones. If this is the first pitch, Todd, this is going to be a good one, right? And especially since Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, bye. Amen. That's a purpose pitch right there. That's you know just to set a message. You know, even though you're you know you're going to be throwing, you know, ninety five most of the game, which is some solid heat. But this is where you you rear back, and you, you put a little grunt behind it. You make sure that first one is ninety nine. Well done. That that was the buy seller hold version of chin music, and I approve. Yep. Yes. Agreed. Moving on. John Hensley says Dems will somehow find a way to either not impeach or end hearings since already going so poorly in the House, and they know once uh, it's in the Senate, it'll turn into a complete disaster. Sell, sell. Let, let me let me try this again. Okay. I I know. I know most of you watching this are Republicans. And, and see, what you just articulated is how Republicans think. Media's crushing us. We're getting killed right now. We're pissing off the other side's base. Get out. Danger, Will Robinson. Now, they think this before Rachel Maddow even begins her monologue. Okay? They, they go in thinking this. Right? And so I, I know you're conditioned to think like this. But remember, you have to see your opposition for who they are. And who they think they are, not who you are or you think you are. This is kind of magical thinking where you're projecting the world as you'd like it to be or, or believe it is, which we often accuse the left of doing, rather than accepting the world for what it actually is. So let me take this again from the top. Say it with me now. Democrats inspire their base to get what they want. Republicans conspire against their base to get what they want. Democrats do not operate like this because their base doesn't operate like, like, like our base does. Our base, the morning after Republicans screw us on 52 show votes on Obamacare and don't repeal it, we will find some legit story like the one in Illinois that we just featured in the montage, all right, where the, where, where the school board there in Palatine, Illinois says we have to serve all students by not we have to protect all students by not protecting all of the students and putting dudes with women in the women's bathroom, right? Okay. And right after five minutes after we'll see that story, and then there'll be like 14 others of those every day because the left produces 14 of those stories every day, we'll have forgotten or convinced ourselves it doesn't matter how bad the GOP screwed us. Again, we have to stop the Democrats. That's how we operate. Cocaine Mitch will save us. Yes. Now, I'm not, it, I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. We can have that. That's again, that's a whole another separate debate probably of, of conversation. I'm just saying, as the great prophet Bill Belichick likes to say, it is what it is. Like, remember when evangelicals weren't going to vote for Mitt Romney and then 79 and a half percent of them did. Remember that? <laughs> okay. And yeah, he got a little higher. Trump got a little higher turnout than, than Romney did. But by and large... Romney got the exact same kind of evangelical vote, you know, just shaded down the little less enthusiasm, but within the same target range, anybody else the GOP nominates gets. 
right? They don't, they don't operate like that. So if, if they don't, if, if, if they say orange man's bad, Trump stole the presidency, you've been disenfranchised. And then they are swept into office in the house where impeachment begins by 40 seats and they don't do the impeachment. The same people who were up there when they were in the minority bringing illegal aliens into the hallway to camp out in front of Nancy Pelosi's office because she wasn't open borders enough. She wasn't calling Trump a xenophobic racist enough in the minority. What do you think those people will do if Nancy Pelosi comes out tomorrow and says, guys, uh, we're going to punt on this and uh, uh, happy Hanukkah. They will light those illegal aliens on fire. Ilan Omar will... Uh, uh, smuggle Jews across the border to light on fire. They will light them, then they will light themselves on fire. Okay? There will be live abortions in hallways. And I'm only half kidding. They know this. They have to do this. They're going to do it. It, it wouldn't matter if Eric Swellwell just went up there and farted for a testimony and when there's armpit noises, okay? And so they were even fake news farts, like with your armpit. They would still do this, and they're going to do this. The fact, so you guys are seeing it wrong. The fact that they're up there doing it with this terrible of a charade is not indicative of, dude, they got to pull out, they got to get out of this. No, you're reading it backwards. The fact that they're going to, they're up there actually putting this on television is indicative of the fact they were always going to do this no matter what. No matter what. They had hoped someone with the esteemed resume of Robert Mueller would make this a dignified option. That was the hope. Instead, Bob Mueller came back with, the, with, with his hands in his pockets and he turned him out and said, Bob, kiss. I got, you yeah, know, nothing. And then apparently laid out all forms of abuses of office, according to Justin Amash, which Democrats right now are not impeaching Trump on any of, none of them, none of them, none of them, none. This was not the plan. The, the hope was putting Michael Cohen in prison. What on earth some deep-seated criminal enterprise other than Michael Cohen was a Donald Trump jock sniffer who tried to then illegally capitalize on his relationship with Trump that's why Cohen is in prison for that. Cohen is in prison for thinking that I'm going to use my closeness to Donald Trump to run my own side criminal racket, and he wasn't any good at it. They had hoped that would unearth something. Right? The, the, the fact that they're going with this indicates to you they were always going to go with this. And if this is the only hand they're dealt, if, 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 if malaria has struck the pitching staff, and all they've got left is a guy they're calling up from the winter leagues to pitch game seven of the World Series. Guys, they're not walking away from game seven of the World Series. They'll take the L and throw him out there. Because if they don't, their fans are going to introduce them to the term Reichstag fire. They have to do it. They're going to do it. They're not walking away ever. They're not. And they're going to run this through to pat their fans, their base on the head, let it die in the Senate, and then hope next year the economy tanks so they can beat Donald Trump 
and no one remembers this because we don't even remember that the Mueller report came out in March to, to exonerate Trump of Russian collusion because it feels like it was 75 years ago, Todd. Yeah, I agree. But at the onset of the question, I'm thinking, well, let me try to map this out in my head. And this is the trick. It, it, I, I bring that up because it is challenging from issue to issue to remember first and foremost to apply what basically St- Steve said is a version of uh, total depravity because I applied the exact same thinking ultimately to Pete Buttigieg and why I think he's there's a level of inevitability into his relevance in this whether he wins or not is another issue but it, I could almost say verbatim about him what Steve just said about this you have got to take them on their own terms. They want what they want. They need what they need. This is very, very visceral for them. So I've come around to thinking more clearly about this in line with what Steve said, just because I'm not trying I'm not trying to be too smart in my half with this. There there is just simply an id to what Steve just laid out that you must acknowledge to understand the modern progressive Veltenschel. And then let me tell you something that won't get said a lot on conservative media because it's not good for business, but I'll say it. Um, This is another thing you have to accept. There is a sizable portion of this population who hates Donald Trump. And there is no lie the Democrats can tell, no fake news the media can publish that will ever change their mind on that. So... The, the backlash potential here for them is not as substantial as it would typically be with an overreach like this. They have a, they've got a built-in, uh, they got, they got a built-in cushion here. They got a, they, they've, they've got some padding, some insulation. You know, this is not a 20-point backlash. This is maybe five or eight-point backlash. So you're saying when Dan Rather did what he did to George W. Bush, there yes. was a genuine, like, what the hell, man, but yeah. not this time. Yeah, Dan Rather might have helped George W. Bush win. Who knows? Yeah. May, have been, may, yeah. have, may have been responsible for a point yeah. that George W. Bush got in the election. Yeah. But why? So we're, the, guy, the guy was president, you know, saved us post-9-11, unified the country, and you're rolling out with this horse bleep? What kind of garbage is this? There's very little appetite for that with this presidency. Everyone who already thinks that way is already voting for him. Everyone who doesn't think that way already isn't, no matter what is said or done. Let's just be, can we, can we just continue being really honest in the year of no BS? Yeah. Let's just be brutally honest. And again, I'm not judging you. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. I'm just, let's just, we're all adults. Let's not urinate each other and claim we're raining, okay? The reality is, that the, the vast majority of you watching and listening to me right now, and maybe even larger than a vast majority of you, if indeed this was real, and Adam Schiff had started off day one playing a video of Donald Trump say, saying to the president of Ukraine, give me Joe Biden's head, or we're shutting, or I'm kill, crushing your economy like I threatened Turkey. All right? The vast majority of you watching and listening to me right now, and the vast majority of you watching and listening to The Daily Wire, the vast majority of, the, of you watching and listening to Breitbart and the vast majority of you watching and listening to the Washington Examiner and Fox, just pick an outlet, would say, well, you know, but the, would go, would, but the Democrat, you'd look at what the other side will do and say, and rationalize this as but the Democrats, right? Yes. That's what they're going to do. 
There really aren't that many persuadables. There really aren't that many undecideds. All right. There's not that many people who are really going to be offended that they did this. Most of the people that are offended they're doing this were never voting for them anyway, no matter what they said or did. Ever. All right. So there's not a 20 point swing out there of people who are like, I can't believe this abuse of power. In fact, I think it's way too high to even claim it's five or eight. It might be more three or four. Now, when we're talking about three, four, three decisive states, one by 80,000 votes total or less, like that could be a difference. Yes, it could be a difference. Yes. But there is no the, the, the amount of people who are you are going to work with today who stopped you at the water cooler. And are like, you know, I really can't stand Donald Trump, man. But And I could never see myself voting for him. But I've been watching these impeachments. No, because they're not even watching these hearings. They're not watching. They don't care. They're not paying attention. And so they're not going to be moved by something they're not watching. They don't care. And they're not paying attention to. Agreed. Okay. All right. And uh, please Bradley, don't bring that proposition here ever again, Aaron. Bradley Schick. Yes, this is uh, this is all my fault that uh, we spent the last 15 minutes talking about this. Bradley Schick says C-SPAN uh, will announce a new online streaming service called Impeachment Plus before Epstein kills himself. <laughs> Impeachment Plus. <laughs> That's great. Bye. Uh. <laughs> That's the content we're here for. You know what, man? Aaron, can you see if impeachmentplus.com is available? Oh, boy. All right. For some branding. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know that you'll have a presidency the rest of your lifetime that doesn't have an impeachment. And I'm dead serious. Right. I, I, think, I think this is, we're going to live here now. Every, every, especially with every Republican that wins. For sure. Yeah. That's what right? I hate most I st- about all of this. I still have some doubts Republicans would go through with this. Um. But um, but you're going to have every time Democrats are in power and a Republican wins, at the very least, at, at the very least, you're going to have this every single time now. I, I, I don't know that you'll have a presidency now that there won't be an impeachment. Well, when you're automatically a bigot because you're a white male or a Republican, right? that's right. the same logic. You're a Republican. A coup must happen. They think that this is it, it's automatically. I mean, this is a Georgia uh, governor sort Stacey of. Stacey Abrams. Yes, this is her writ large. <laughs> governor sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Impeachmentplus.com is available. All right, we need to buy that. Twelve bucks. Yeah, that that because you're. This is. There, Sold you, to the man in the cold sweat. Yes, thank you, uh, thank you, uh, Professor Crane. And here, you know what? Given what they typically do up there, and how they knife us every time they do talk about issues, maybe at the very least we'll know that they're not meddling with us, right? They're leaving the, leaving us the hell alone while they're up there knifing, going mean girls on each other. Better you than me. Better out than in. Eric Swellwell always says, right, right. I lo- we are going to darker and darker places Indeed. to find the silver linings yes. these days. Indeed. I'm affirmatively quoting Eric Swellwell with imaginary <laughs> quotes as we speak. Does it get any darker than that? Nathan Cotus says, in an attempt to show their diversity, the American Conservative Union will name James Carville as their chairman in late 2020, and the 2021 CPAC list of speakers will include Bernie Sanders, AOC, Chelsea Clinton, and Pope Francis. I that he threw Pope Francis on there. That's great. yeah it's a little too on heavy-handed you know like there there won't be like all of those people at one 
you know? Like, I, I do think if you're going to invite Van Jones to talk about letting guilty people go free from jail, why not just have Bernie Sanders in there to say, yeah. you know, I thought you guys were racists, but I, I couldn't agree with you more than on this. You know, um, I'll buy. I'll buy. Yeah, I'm buying a, based on the the spirit of it. For sure. I'm buying. Yeah, well, yes. and the the Twitter interconservative civil war cat fight going on. Sure. Why not? Yeah, there's a vacuum for that. And it's uh, funny, too, because, again, you guys keep sending me emails and asking me what I think about this. I don't know who most of these people are. There's there's a graphic going around about who is for deplatforming conservatives and who's not. And just out of curiosity yesterday, did you see this? Yeah. I clicked on it, and I didn't know who half the faces were. I didn't know who half these people were. Yeah. I, I, I'm in Iowa, man. I'm outside this. I don't, you know, I'm out here. I'm in the, I'm in the outer rim of the galaxy. All right, I'm, 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 you know, I'm a kid here on, you know, just, you know, living and dying on a planet with two suns that the empire doesn't care about. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what's, what's going on out there. That's like another world to me. Uh, that should be it for uh, this hour. We'll do some more when we come back. Doesn't everything based on what we heard from Eric Swell the other day, doesn't every one of his bloviations come from a very dark place? And we'll be back with hour two. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. And we are back live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. If you are listening to us today via the podcast, by the way, thank you. No matter how you are or when you are choosing to listen to us, we are always grateful that you gave us uh, some of your precious time. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review wherever you choose to podcast us from, we'd be even more grateful for those because those help us to find more people like you. I don't know how it works. I just know that it does because the algorithms, they like us more when you like us more. And thank you to the thousands of you that have left us five-star reviews at podcast platforms all over Al Gore's invention. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. We'll get back to buy, sell, or hold here in just a moment. But if you're one of millions of Americans struggling right now with chronic pain, that's pain from too much inflammation in the body, relief might just be one click away at relieffactor.com. This is a product I use on a daily basis that I can't say enough good things about. And what I love about it the most is not just that it works, but the way that it works. 100% drug-free, four key, all-natural ingredients, but it's also a formula, uh, an all-natural formula put together by doctors. So these are doctors who could be prescribing you drugs in order to deal with the pain, but instead they want to help the body heal itself the way it was created to, the natural way. If you want to give Relief Factor a shot, they're going to offer this to you right now for a three-week quick start, well below cost. How below? Try a dollar a day. They're begging you to call their bluff here. Because they think you're going to see results and come back for more, and, and they get to charge you full price later here in the year of no BS, right? Trust me, this thing's worth it. But you know, I could be wrong. Give it a shot for a dollar a day. What do you have to lose except maybe, finally, hopefully the pain. Get the quick start, the three-week quick start right now at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Let's go back to buy, sell, or hold, Aaron. 
Alrighty, we'll go to some call me Tim, who says Thanksgiving is the most underrated holiday. Bye. I love Thanksgiving, man. How is it underrated, though? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's 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 the calendar is situated around it. It's it ushers in the the most um, celebrated holiday. Um, we it, the food we make food choices. Every American family. Pretty much every American family, regardless of you know their belief system, is going to make food choices this week. They would not, or next week, they won't make the rest of the year. I'm, I'm going to sell. I'm going to. I think it's a flawed premise that it so is an underrated rated. promise. It's just rated. Or, or underrated. Yes, under underrated holiday. I don't think it's underrated at all. I think it's on ever almost everybody's top three. Do you know somebody who doesn't have Thanksgiving in their top three holidays? No, I don't think anybody would. No, I, I mean, so I, I don't think it's the, underrated at all. There's a place in terms of it, the reason it's there, why I think it could be viewed um, as underrated, but I think two holidays instantly leapfrog it in terms of those, reason, those reasons, and that would be Easter and um, July 4th. Uh, and I'll take, I'll, I think July 4th is incredibly uh, underrated based on the things we talk about all the time. I mean, it's just, it's a barbecue now. It's, it's not really a celebration of the true uniqueness of the blessings of this nation. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I was, I was, I was, you stole my thunder. I was contemplating what is the most underrated holiday. And I would actually say it's independence day. Cause it's, yeah. it's largely has nothing to do with what it was actually about to begin with to most Americans. Yeah. This next one is pretty good. Jim Stocker says, Lindsey Graham's T-level is higher than Elise Stefanik's Liberty score. <laughs> Every, this is like a mind oh. meld of getting it today. You guys are in fuego today. Asked and yes. answered. Yes. Now, the truth of the matter is, it is difficult to find a number not, not known as a negative integer to go lower than Lindsey Graham's T-level score. But... Out of respect for the spirit of what you have attempted here and the fact that you clearly get it, I will I mean, buy. Elisa's T level might be Elisa's T level is yes. higher than Lindsey Graham's. Doesn't yes, that, thank you. Does that doesn't that earn a hold though? What do you want to this, are, this do you, one? Do you, do you want the job of testing Lindsey Graham's T level, Aaron? I just I, I'm. It's you want to confirm so, that or it's so close. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's oh, just so yes. close. That, yeah, that's why I, I want to go with. But the, but the spirit of 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 the blast. I think deserves an deserves for us to honor it yes. right now in real time. So bye. All right, uh, Nicholas Knack or Nick Knack, as I like to say, he says uh, Chick Fil A will be opened on uh, Sundays within twenty four months. I will sell, but it's going to happen. I, you think it's going to? Here's I hesitated because this is another one where I agree with the spirit of where this is going. Okay, but. The way this is, this is one of those things where that's like they're a tagline for them. That's like a a branding thing for them. And this is one of those things where, see, most Americans aren't aware of what's going on with Chick-fil-A and Fellowship for Christian Athletes and, um, uh, and, and the Salvation Army. They're not even aware of what's going on with the Salvation Army. They're not aware of it. Right, America's not Twitter. Remember this, okay? So this is how they can have their cake and eat it. Yes, too. yeah, yeah. It's 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 the Pope can be quoted as saying abortion is murder, 
but then but we'll never do a speech or do anything on it but but he wants ecological sin you know we're going to have conclaves on that you know what i'm saying this is how you play the game right here okay if you open up on sundays you're that's literally the the wolf is literally just taking off the lambskin and and and, and saying how, what do you guys think of my teeth and claws and and that's not how when 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 you go wolf in sheep's clothing that's not what you do what, what you do is you keep the low-lying fruit, like we're not open on Sundays, okay? Because what you have to keep in mind, it's not as much of a loss for them that they're not open on Sundays as you think it is, from a just strictly business standpoint. Because if they were to open on Sundays, would they get more sales? Yes. But more sales would require what? More overhead, Right? You have to require more overhead. And then you have to keep in mind the, that there's overtime laws in, in pretty much every state in the country. And how many of their employees would, would they have to pay overtime to if they were open a seventh day of the week? See, these are, these are calculations that... In, so by and large, they would make more of a profit being open on Sundays. I don't deny that. But I, I will tell you, it's not... It's not the, the, the no-brainer number that you, many of you probably think it is because that's a lot more overhead. Um, that's more liability. That's more human capital you have to invest in um, and everything else. So th- this is where they, you, you, you keep your, this is your fig leaf here. You get your, your fig leaf is, hey, we're the, we're the Christian company still closed on Sundays and, and most people won't even be aware of what's happening. They won't even know what's going on unless they read, you know, places like the Daily Wire or subscribe to things like Blaze TV. So I will sell. But this is, again, though, where the spirit of what, where you're going, who was it that had this? Uh, Nick Knack. Nick Knack? Nick Knack. The spirit of where you're going is right on the money, homie. Okay? But this is the, this is, this is the last thing they cling to in order to claim that nothing's really changed. They're the same company they've always been. But the spirit of the age is where I'm at on this today, so I will give you the benefit of the doubt, and I will buy. All right, a little bit different take from the Dutchman here. Chick-fil-A didn't cave. They had an already established multi-year donation plan that gets fulfilled at the end of the year and no longer wants to be confined to donating to two large organizations and would rather donate locally. So, but, but let me just grant your premise for a second. Because several of you have emailed this take to me the last few days, okay? Let's, let's assume that you're right. Who the hell is working in the marketing department at Chick-fil-A right now? Not Steve Robinson. Yeah. Like, um, people who believe Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. Because if, if, this, if this alternative explanation that several of you have sent to me, if this were accurate... And you were Chick-fil-A. And you're being misbranded like this? Would you not be losing your collective poo right now? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah. So does it make any sense if this is the explanation? But their response... You don't think they have a marketing department at Chick-fil-A? You don't think they have a PR department? You don't think they have whole floors in their corporate offices devoted to marketing and PR? Instead, they rolled out, we're on meth. 
Yes. That's what they did yesterday. Yes. So I, I, if that was the alternative, if that alternative explanation were the, were the proper exegetical conclusion to draw here, then why has their, have, has their own corporate messaging not been adamant in pushing back against this? That would be my counter to this defense. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, though, something we can't have, you know, it's what I've said before about Christianity and Islam. Christianity and Islam can both be false. They cannot both be true. Okay? One religion says God had no son. Jesus wasn't actually crucified. Allah removed Jesus from the cross to fool the Jews. The other one says the king of the Jews was crucified and rose again um, to declare his kingship after atoning for my sins. Can both of those things possibly be true? No. They can't be true, guys. They can't both be true. They can't. Can they both be wrong? Yes. They can both be wrong. They can both be false. You know, like right, right now, our two Hindu listeners are like, well, I think those are both scams. All right, yeah, yeah, you, you're, I don't agree with you, but you're at least logically consistent <laughs> okay you cannot believe christianity and islam are simultaneously true you you cannot all right um so they can both be false but they can't both be true i think that applies to this it is either that chick-fil-a has sold you out or they have the worst marketing department and public relations messaging in all of current corporate america one of those things I think has to be true, right? Yes. One of them has to be. So you choose which one you think it is. All right. Uh, your tribalism suck, uh, sucks says, um, has a few items. I just want to hit a couple of them. Um, the new brewer's uniforms. I've not seen these. What are they? They went back. That's to the, the old ones? The then glove. I'm a buy. It's that, the glove, baby. The, you know what I think? The, the greatest collective era for uniforms ever, Major League Baseball from, the, from like the late 70s to about 1986. And none of the franchises that left any of those looks should have ever abandoned them, including yours. So buy. If that's where they went back, buy. Yes. Buy. Uh, let's hit the last one, too. Betting on anyone for the Super Bowl. At this point. I'm, you know what? You want to hear a crazy stat? If you just blindly bet on the New England Patriots every game, post-season, regular season, and keep in mind they're the most public team, so their, their yeah. lines are inflated more than anybody else's is, mm -hmm. okay? They're like, you know, the, the price you have to pay to bet on Alabama nowadays or Clemson or Notre Dame in the 70s, okay, or Miami in the 80s is what you have to pay to bet on New England right now because there's so much public action that the lines are set even higher for Vegas to insulate themselves because everybody's going to bet on New England. So even with that in mind, in the last 10 years, if you just blindly bet on New England in every playoff game they've been in and every regular season game they've been in, you would have won 66% of the time. And keep in mind, the, the, the greatest documented handicapper living right now, Danny Sheridan, will tell you he has made a lifetime of this off of getting about 57% right over the course of his life. And the Patriots, with, with all the public extra money you have to, that you have to lay to, to, to bet on them, are 10 points higher than that. So, Sell. Because I don't think you're a loser at all if you go in and bet on the Patriots to be in the Super Bowl 
just a yeah, matter so of you go find are, the best price you can find. You two are agreeing. You don't. He's selling on that notion to bet. Oh, wait. No, he is, said hold. Yeah. He's holding on that. Yeah. On, on, on betting on anybody. Yeah, I, uh, I, will, I will sell. Now, if you're thinking this, which is after the Patriots just won that game against Philly, now don't buy if you want to wait till like they lose a game like I you and I were yeah. talking about this when when Drew Brees got hurt remember yep. we had it all set up Aaron and I were like they're going to lose like two or three games with him out and the odds for the New Orleans to get to the Super Bowl are going to plummet and we're going all in right then and freaking Teddy Bridgewater won every game yep and so their odds never changed <laughs> alright so if you want to wait till like the Patriots lose a game and then maybe see if I can pick up, you know, a, a good price. That's fine. But I don't think you're ever in bad position betting on them to go to the Super Bowl. We'll move on. Micah Don Arrington says, if when Steve guest hosts the Glenn Beck show, Steve should do so dressed up of, as uh, Colonel Sanders. I know. I know what you're doing there. I know. And if Glenn were here, he would laugh. Okay. Um, but I'm going to sell. We like our chaps. So. Yes. Um, uh, Megan Mangini And I don't says, work for Glenn, but going along with this might might force me to test how far that theory actually goes yes. around here. <laughs> Megan Mangini says, Epstein's two guards will be Epstein before they can talk. Oh, Ooh. bye. Well done. Bye. Yep. Bye. Yeah. You know, here's how... Now, Megan, let me just tell you, you had the right idea. So let me tell you how I help. If you were like a politician and you brought this idea to me, this is how me as a messaging guy helps you. Okay, because this idea, this this is the right take which you have. Okay, this is this is absolutely the 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 right take. And so, how I would tell you to message this if you were if you were one of my people I was helping or working for or with, I would tell you to go out there and say, "How much longer until we launch the Epstein guards didn't kill themselves?" Meme, right? That that's kind of what you're getting at, okay? But yeah, bye, bye. That's cash money, homie. That'll uh, preach. Yes, indeed. Uh, Rocco says hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself and hashtag release the Snyder Cut are the two biggest cover-ups and scandals in modern American history, both of which are kept alive only by the momentous support of the ordinary citizen wanting truth and justice. It's the American way. All right, they're not the biggest cover-ups in American history. I mean. You know, we keep forgetting this. It is the official U.S. government position that John F. Kennedy was assassinated as a result of a conspiracy. That, that That's a pretty big cover-up, right? Okay. Yes. And the House Select Committee on Assassinations in 1979, that was their final verdict, that John F. Kennedy was assassinated as a result of a conspiracy, but Lee Harvey Oswald is who delivered the actual kill shot. So that 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 that's a far bigger cover-up, guys. Okay. You know, Area 51 and Hangar 18, whatever is or ha- not happening there, far bigger cover-ups. That being said, in our social media world, the release the Snyder Cut and Epstein didn't kill himself, you're onto something with that in our social media world, Rocco. I mean, what the release the Snyder Cut has done is now the people that were actually in the movie who, you, you got to think you're probably, like, I'm not really all that keen on making Colonel Sanders blast at Glenn Beck right about now, you know? Um, I got to think Gal Gadot and uh, um, uh, Jason Momoa probably have some other movies they might want Warner Brothers to be making. Probably not in, in their initial interest to jump on the hashtag release the Snyder Cut like they have in recent weeks. Right. But 
when when your fans have pushed you now and the grassroots have pushed you to this point that you have to address it, now they're actually talking about it. So I'll, I, again, I like the spirit of where you're going. So I'll buy. I like the spirit of where you're at. So I'll buy. So will I. All right. Aaron England says Mayor Pete wins Iowa. Warren takes New Hampshire and Joe Biden wins South Carolina. This eventually leads to a brokered convention. Sell only because of the war and peace. I'll buy because I think this is a plot. I think this is plausible today. Today it's plausible. I I think that um, if Joe Biden were to survive that long and no one puts a dent in his black support, that I think he could go down there and and do to um, Warren Buttigieg what what we at the Newt Gingrich campaign did in South Carolina to Mitt Romney. Uh, in in 2012, I think that's possible, um, because I think I, I think Biden will not be president of the United States, but I I think having someone who represents a potential schism with your most important grassroots element of your party, is, and and Pete Buttigieg does, and I've I've used both pronunciations on purpose because no one can still tell me which one it is, so I'm just alternating now because I've heard both. Okay. Um, I, I think that presents a wild card. We had a fly in the ointment here, a canary in the coal mine. And I, I think we don't really know how this is going to play out because of what we talked about in the first hour, Todd. Right. The Democratic Party is going to have to address out loud something that has long existed before Pete Buttigieg Buttigieg came along. The chickens but it, but are coming home to yeah, roost. Yes, thank you. I say. America's chickens. <sighs> coming home to roost yes um i they're, they're gonna have to address this and i and i will be fascinated to see how they do and i don't think we can give any long form takes on this until we see how they address it because they're gonna have to address it and al sharpton saying from msnbc you know weighing 73 pounds with you know making millions of dollars a year black folks in south carolina guys aren't watching msnbc or al sharpton white progressive liberals in manhattan watch that show right black black folks that are working you know uh, on an assembly line in in charleston aren't going home at night you know and watching al sharpton talk about lots of black folks have gay members of their family they're going home at night man and 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 going to their kids ball games and and wanting to find out how the playoff committee is going to screw clemson that's what they're doing right now all right they don't watch those shows. So don't pay any attention to that. Al Sharpton doesn't have a black audience. It's all white lefties. Okay. That, that's irrelevant. Um, I, I think we don't know how they're going to respond. And I think we can't game plan it out until we see it. Cause we're, we're in, we're in uh, some undiscovered country here. And I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how this is going to play itself out now. Yeah. All right. Rev AG says Tua Tagovailoa stays for one more year in Alabama. Sell. He's already won a national championship. You suffer an injury like that, that's that gruesome. It actually propels you to move on faster when you realize how limited the shelf life of a football player is. 
I, that is sound, but I will buy only because if this is really in the ballpark of Bo Jackson injury, and we know that ended, his, he might just have to come back to prove it that if he it can were play. In that, but you know, first of all, that was twenty years ago. No, I so, agree. You know, twenty years ago, if you had an ACL injury, it was a two-year injury, like a Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Nowadays, yeah. guys get hurt in 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 in, in, in the spring, the and they're back in the fall playing playing. You know, um, secondly, his family's kind of already laid out. And it was Adam Schefter who broke the story from who's the chief NFL reporter at ESPN. So if they're laying it out to Adam Schefter first, that tells you what they're thinking. Okay. And, and they laid out his timetable, which is after surgery rehab, he should be back up and throwing sometime uh, post draft in the spring, sometime in May or June. All right. Uh, next is uh, FU Paladin says a beautiful day in the neighborhood gets criticized by lefty Twitter for not being woke enough. I.E. Hanks does not play gay. Bye. 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 Uh, Microtron says preparation H is the only cure for Buttigieg. <laughs> is this like walking into Eric Swellwell's office and singing, how's your whole family? I mean, it, isn't that a little too on the nose? But in this day and age, I'll buy. I'll, Welcome I'll, I'll, to the next year of our lives. Yes, I'll buy. Yes. Yes. Because this is campaign 2020 is going to be more like that than um, your views on the top marginal tax rates, folks. It's going to be much more like that. So bye. Uh, LeBron James will retire before Tom Brady. That's from Stephen Grant. Sell. I mean, he's, he's like seven years younger. Uh, Brady doesn't have a contract, so I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, sell. Sell, yeah. Russell Rice says the Bengals will have at least one win this season, most likely this Sunday against the Steelers. I will buy they will have at least one win. Yeah. I mean, they, they were 10-point underdogs at Oakland last week and nearly won there. So I'll buy they will have at least one win. I will buy. Um, Chris Roman says it's more likely we'll know who killed Epstein, as we all know he didn't kill himself, before any high-level Democrat politician will be held accountable for anything. Bye. Well, here's the thing. I have to sell, Chris. Here's why. This is, again, I agree with the spirit of where you're going, but the same people who aren't holding those Democrats accountable are the same people you're going to rely on to tell you the truth of what happened to Jeffrey Epstein, okay? So if your argument is that they have to eventually give us some bread and circus, otherwise the, the peasants, you know, that storm the tower, and so they just offer us uh, offer us up Jeffrey Epstein posthumously, and and that's that. And instead of giving you that another Warren Commission report, they offer you up Jeffrey Epstein, so they don't have to take on the tough fights of going back at Democrats for for that. If that is your argument, then I would buy. But if that's not your argument, then keep in mind the same people that are, are you would rely on to get those answers on both of those. So I would then sell. I just don't know where you're coming from. I'll sell because they are Democrats are held accountable all the time, just not for the things you want them to. They're held accountable for not being woke enough on a regular basis. Mm. All right, we got a list submitted by Jacob Hibbard. Mm. Top five actors in Star Wars, meaning their Star Wars performances. Number five, again, lists by you agree with where this person is on the list. Sell, you don't agree. Hold, it never gets used in lists. Jacob uh, says the number five best actor in Star Wars is Alec Guinness. We're just talking about their performances. Yeah. Then sell. 
I mean, he's the most, until Harrison Ford's career blew up post-Star Wars, he was the most decorated actor in a Star Wars film. But no, I don't, I don't think it's the most, it's the fifth most compelling performance in Star Wars movies, so Sal. Oh, I'll buy. I'll buy. All right, uh, number four, Ian McDiarmid. McDermott. McDermott, he's the emperor. I, I think it needs to be higher. So I would, I, I, it needs to be higher than at least one person I'm looking at on the list, so I'm going to sell. I will, I will buy, and it is remarkable what he did because when he, when he was playing the original emperor, he was like younger than you and I are. Yeah. Now, I mean, considerably younger, yeah. I think, yeah. And I just watched The Phantom Menace. We're going back through them all again to get ready for The Last Jet, or for Rise of Skywalker. His his acting is so much better. It, it really stands out in a film as poorly acted and written. Like Samuel Jackson could not rise above the material, and it just and it's just really awkward to watch him. Ian McDermott, man, is owning terrible dialogue and direction, just owning it, owning it. You know, so no, he's got to be higher. So number three, Frank Oz. So this is the guy who who directs. He's Yoda. He's Yoda. Yeah, he operates the I'll puppet buy. and voices I mean, it. You still look at the you, you look at the special effects, and of course now dated thing in space. You know the planes turning very slowly. The the, the Tie Fighters, but Yoda Yoda holds up. Yoda just okay. flat out right, you, holds you've, up. You've sold me, so I'll buy. Okay. Number two, Ewan McGregor. This is where you cannot have Ian McDermott below Ewan McGregor. I'm sorry, you can't. You, you you can't. I don't. I don't even think this is debatable. Like, you know, I mean, would I rather have indoor plumbing or a chamber pot? I mean, I, I just this is a this is a really bad take. So sell. I will sell, but it's not. A, I mean, he did a fantastic job of jumping into Alex Guinness's shoes and channeling that kind of vibe. But I think this is. I think it's too high. He's not number two in the pantheon. Number one, Harrison Ford. I mean, that's a no brainer. Man, it's just it's a so it's just, it's self evident truth, man. It's it's no brainer territory. Which is again why, which is how he did his job, just like you said, Ian McDermott did. Mm-hmm. And when a younger Harrison Ford is like Star Wars, I'm kind of over that. He 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 realized that that was a weak take. He got a little too full of himself. Here he is, a seventy something year old man, and he's like, man, let's just be Han Solo because it's cool. And I he was, I, but I, he rose above. His plot line, the way he went out, I mean, I, the, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But he was fantastic in it. The, the way he delivered lines, oh, like, this is not how I thought this day was going to go. I mean, just and when he and Wookie, the Wookiee again, I mean, he went back. This is Harrison Ford, and him and Chewbacca are having their dialogue, and it is sweet, so yeah. nailed it. I think you're all way underrating Mark Hamill, too. If you go watch, if you if you compare his performances of his character's tension and arc and evolution and how he performed that compared to Hayden Christensen with Anakin Skywalker or Adam Driver with Kylo Ren now or even or even Daisy Ridley with Ray now he's way over them I mean the the evolution of his character and how you watch him grow up in real time over the course of those three movies I think you're underrating he belongs in that list in my view okay all right that's it we'll come back and our good friend weekly prophet of Woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz will join us to take us inside politics next.
If you want to get involved in a real estate market that uh, includes uh, an economy that uh, is still pretty robust, as well as plunging mortgage rates, make sure you do that, though, with a real estate agent that you can trust. Don't just take it for granted. Glenn Beck and some of his associates uh, made that mistake uh, several moons ago, which is why they decided to start realestateagentsitrust.com, a place where agents are actually vetted, not to the point of trying to get referrals for them for clients, but trying to find an agent worthy of having you for a client in the first place, someone whose uh, track record of success has been fully vetted, someone whose understanding of marketing in the, in the community that you're buying or selling in has been fully vetted as well as their... Uh, knowledge and use of professional courtesies because that last one especially folks this is this is going to be a stressful process very personable as well if you've got that rapport with your agent and he or she with you far more likely it's going to be successful so if you want an agent that checks all three of those boxes that you can trust go to the website realestateagentsitrust.com that's realestateagentsitrust.com And now we bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend from Conservative Review, Daniel Horowitz, take us inside politics. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. Hey, Steve. What a time to be alive. Let's just do a quick... Remember Name That Tune? Remember that game show when we were kids? I can name that tune in three notes. Remember that? Okay. Let's play a game. Which of us has watched less of these impeachment hearings? Okay. I I have... I have not watched any of them. I, I, it was on two seconds on the, on the elliptical I got on at the gym today and before I was able to turn the channel to Sports Center. So I must confess, I have watched two seconds of the impeachment hearings. Wow. Can you go lower than that? I, I guess you won because I watched zero of it live, but one 60-second clip of one individual who you know I'm t- who I'm talking about, by the way, just so I can comment on my podcast about that. I have watched nothing, and frankly, I think most normal Americans have watched nothing. And frankly, I think for the first time in American history with regard to impeachment, I don't think there's a single person who could even articulate what the is is. Um, something about Ukraine, um, I have trouble understanding it. And as you well know, a lot of people have under- trouble understanding basic issues. Um, this is no runs, no hits, no errors except for one. You see, while 100% of Republican forces are geared towards this, only about 1% of Democrat forces are dealing with impeachment. The other 99% are creating the biggest blue wave you've ever had in American history. Um, I was just talking with a friend who's very involved in Oklahoma politics. Steve, Oklahoma is a state where no Democrat on a presidential level has carried a single county since 2000. Not one county since Al Gore. Yet, they are outgunned and outmanned on every issue and even just electoral politics. It's gotten so bad that in every red state, every city, Democrats control it now. Oklahoma City, they have a majority on of the state legislature, city council, making big inroads. Um, redistricting, they're, they're pushing their private commission stuff because um, they want to uh, get more Democrat districts in. And here's the other thing, Steve. You know the biggest issue I think going on is jailbreak, is that the crime wave is returning. Oklahoma Republicans support exactly what San Francisco is doing with downgrading crimes, and they did it, 
and they have increased theft um, where criminals are taking calculators and scales to shoplift to ensure it's uh, below $1,000. Um, violent crime has gone up every single year for four consecutive years there. Um, and yet, mo majority of Republicans in the Texas Public Policy Institute literally are implementing San Francisco values statewide in Oklahoma. So, I mean, I, I think if you want to talk about impeachment, the left has already impeached and convicted us in all 50 states. Well, the good news is that someone has saw the the racket that Devin Nunez was running the last couple of years with his, uh, what was it, F Liberty score, where he just is a total puke on any policy we care about. But, but, but turned... Um, you know, pushing back on the the worst B movie attempt at a coup uh, in in pop culture history into a you know a daily gig on Fox News. So he became a, a new conservative hero despite not being conservative on like anything. Somebody finally took a look at that because I was starting to lose a lot of faith in politics. Frankly, I, I I'm like where I mean I know with the Tea Party movement gone. There's got to be, where, where are all the shameless grifters at? I mean, where, where's all this scam packs at? I mean, with, with now that, after they got done, you know, uh, essentially draining all the life force out of the Tea Party, they've got to, I mean, I, I was beginning to think politics just wasn't as shameless anymore as, as I had just grown accustomed and comfortable with. And then along comes Elaine Stefanik, who figured out, you know, why in the Sam Hill is this Devin Nunez getting all this trademark new conservative hero? Not to mention, I mean, I'm a chick, right? And Republicans love their, their, their you know, uh, uh, human shield groupies. I'm not a sexist. Here's our, you know, here's our, here's our woman. I'm not black. Here's our one black Republican, right? And so she finally figured out after she couldn't even bring herself to vote for the Trump tax cuts. We were debating earlier in this show what's higher, Lindsey Graham's T-level or Elaine Stefanik's Liberty score, and we just decided nobody wanted the job of verifying that, okay? So uh, now she is now, everybody is all over her. She's a star. Um, and, and, and so it appears all we can serve nowadays is, is to put complete liberals in office as Republicans for all of our lifetimes so they, so they can screw us on policy because they owned Adam Schiff and his 11 IQ once on Fox News. That, that's what we're here for. Well, I think, Steve, the problem is all these politicians for years have basically imported the third world in mass and have made an inevitable demographic time bomb to paint the map blue. So you know what they said? They said, we're just going to get a head start and paint all 50 states blue by being blue. Um, the Republicans are painting it blue on their own. Uh, so at least Stefanik, um, she has a 24 Liberty score. Um, for some context there, her fellow New Yorker uh, AOC has an eight. So it's it's pretty close. Um, well, she's three yeah, times better than Ocasio-Cortez is what you're telling me. Uh, exactly, you guys are I never mean, pleased. Stop making yeah. the perfect the enemy of the good. The person who's my 80% friend isn't my 20% enemy. Come on, Daniel. Haters. Look, Haters gotta hate. I've always been a purist, you know, that's just that's just how I am by nature. So anyway, it turns out not only obviously did she vote for the Democrat amnesty bill, she voted against Trump's wall. She said a bunch of really nasty things about Trump for years, um, too. So it's not even like, OK, at least you're pro Trump in a rhetorical way. Um, 
But she voted, as you mentioned, against the tax cuts, which is like the only thing That's that That's the only matters. thing they did for two years in the House was when they had control was those <laughs> tax cuts. against the tax cuts. But um, so she's a rhino's rhino and does it in style. But, you know, others are alerting as well. So Tom Tillis, um, who also hated on Trump, um, he was K Street before he got in there. He wrote the um, jailbreak bill, which led to Joel Francisco being let loose in Providence, Rhode Island, and killing someone a few months later after he was caught uh, trying to uh, attack his girlfriend and break into her home with a knife. Uh, but um, but anyway, is that Trump bad? Endorsed- yeah. So Trump endorsed him and said that Tillis is is tough on crime. And uh, you know, Tillis, for once, actually does. I love Tillis. watching you attempt to say this out with a straight face. No, I mean, look, you know, he's tough on crime and he's good on – he also said he's good on immigration. He's good on borders. And um, even though, I mean, this guy was K Street before K Street. And, and for once, he actually has a guy, Garland Tucker, um, a challenger who does have personal wealth. So he's a little bit worried about that. But, but I'm telling you, Steve, I mean, don't worry. I mean, he is not going to turn on us or Trump. Uh, a day after uh, he wins that primary. But I just discovered from one of my listeners, he was the only Republican in the entire Congress to write a congratulatory letter to the Council on American Islamic Relations, a.k.a. Hamas, last October, uh, uh, acknowledging their 24th anniversary. So, um, again, very tough on crime as well. well that's a big tent. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't say big enough for Hamas. I, I mean, like, happy you, birthday, Hamas. I mean, like, you know, you know, if I tried to create to recreate the Soros, um, uh, a fifth column, I couldn't do a better job. And you, you see, you know, what's interesting. So I saw the Daily Caller did a good write up on the district attorney's races in our Arlington and Fairfax, where Two Democrats who are lifelong prosecutors were warning that, dude, we got a major problem with these Soros guys winning in the primaries. <clears throat> so this one guy ran as an independent in uh, the general election because there's no Republican, and he wound up losing. And And what he said was that these voters don't want this. They don't even know this is happening, but they don't like Trump, and this is the whole problem that the left is more militarized and activated as ever – um, just because of his presence, but we're not combating it. So a lot of them just voted straight Democrat party line, not knowing that these guys want to let out rapists and everyone into their communities and carjackers in the suburbs. And he said the following. He said, "So wait, are you asserting that people move out to the suburbs to get to get further away from crime?" Yeah, yeah. Okay. And now they're going to have to move out to the <clears throat> rural areas. But don't worry, they got those covered with the illegal alien MS-13 uh, ag workers who drunk drive in the rural areas, too. So they'll get you on the roads. Um, but anyway, so what happened in this case, the guy said, look, it's actually puzzling to me why Republicans don't put more resources into exposing this. And I said, well, I'll tell you why. Because the Republicans agree with Soros. The American Conservative Union, which hosts the uh, Conservative Conference of Record every year, CPAC, they put on a jailbreak conference two two weeks ago. And, I mean, it was indistinguishable from Soros. Oh, this racial disparity, over-incarceration. I mean, Steve, we are living in the worst Orwellian time I've ever seen. There is not a single issue they'll fight for. So we have sanctuaries letting out. I mean, we had— Steve, we had four Americans, including two veterans, 
die from illegal alien drunk drivers just on Veterans Day. And those are just the cases that people in my audience emailed me, and I verified them. God knows how many are in every state every day. And what's McConnell going to fight for in the budget bill? Not sanctuaries, which is an 80-20 issue, to win back um, the suburbs. Not locking up gun felons to jujitsu the gun control agenda. Not dealing with the judicial supremacy, which is very close to undoing Trump's, uh, I don't want to say... um, progress on the border because he's not making progress. It's the undoing of his lack of progress and getting back to par on the border. What's he focusing on? So roll call says um, McConnell is pushing such initiatives to his constituents, such as renewal of tax breaks for the thoroughbred horse racing industry and bourbon distillers aid for f- retired coal miners in danger of losing pensions and appropriations to stem the tide of, of invasive Asian carp infesting Kentucky waters and bolstering the hemp in- industry. I guess he's not worried about the illegal alien drug traffickers and gangbangers. And don't forget raising the smoking age, raising the smoking age and raising this, and, yes. and, and you know, in, infesting the, um, land not the water the land of kentucky why am i doing this for a living i gotta show you this tweet okay so this is uh, congressman dan crenshaw uh kvetching a couple of days ago about this uh, poll that shows 15 percent of the of the next generation says the world would be better off if the soviet union still existed just 57 percent think the declaration of independence better guarantees freedom and equality than the communist manifesto and he says, we must better educate young Americans. And so I, this is how I responded back to him. It's, it's not shocking. It's the reaping. Your party showed no willingness to take on this indoctrination happening for decades, but subsidized it instead and still does. More concerned about, quote, jobs and economic development. Sooner or later, those chickens come home to roost. Your thoughts on that exchange, Daniel? Crime, security, sovereignty, language, culture neighborhoods communities people understand that um they haven't spoken their language and you know you talk about the declaration of independence steve i I would agree i don't think we are much freer than the soviet union because we have a judicial north korea embedded in the um declaration is a fourth principle there's life liberty property but also the right to popular sovereignty governance by the consent of the governed we don't have that anymore. We have social transformation without representation. And this guy is doing nothing to fight that. This guy is for open borders. This guy is for the same like, hey, we owe it to Afghanistan to be there, but but don't put your troops on the border. Um, I guess I won't share some things I know with him about the border and things he wanted to do and not wanted to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, there you have it. But I have my hot take meme on I'm putting out my video response to AOC, baby while promoting AOC's um, criminal justice deform uh, package. Steve, again, why are we doing what we're doing? I I just don't understand. Anyone who thinks that they will accomplish one iota of success uh, with the Republican Party, you're you're just foolish. I just have an article out this week. It was on Drudge. Drudge put it up. I guess that's the advantage of him being anti-Trump now. So this looked negative on Trump. But I wasn't trying to be negative on Trump just to give people a long-term look. Spending is now 13.2% higher over the first 33 months of the Trump administration than it was over the first 33 months over Obama when we were shocked as a nation as to how much he spent. And to be fair, although if you adjust for inflation, it's not as high – 
But on the other hand, we had 10% unemployment over that period of time, reduced revenue beyond belief. People were on welfare, on unemployment. It was somewhat understandable. Now we have virtual full employment over this entire period of time, and we're spending like this. All right, well, maybe we're making headway in social issues. Whoops, even Chick-fil-A fell. Um, well, maybe immigration. Well, sanctuaries doubled, deportations are down, and border numbers skyrocketed. And even now that they're back down, they're still three times higher than where Trump got it down to in the first few months of his presidency. What exactly are we making progress on? We're owning the libs. Oh, we're owning them, all right. We're owning their policies. Well, I didn't say the context. I just said we're <laughs> we're owning the lips. Daniel, always going to talk to you, my friend. Thank you for the extra dose of woe and lamentation. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always happy to deliver. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. But Daniel, you'll know. He will be here to the bitter end. And it will be bitter. Todd, your thoughts. I love that version of Daniel when he's kind of like slapstick Yoda. In The Last Jedi, where he's just like, oh, you know, Yoda's had a couple, and he's not, because when it, when you get totally sober, Daniel, it's just, that's heavy, man. But this one, he's, he's just kind of like, he's taking the edge off a little bit. You still get all the truth, but it's, it's good. It's, it's, it, it's good. We can, we can do this. Um, go, going back to the start of the show. And the uh, the school district in Chicago that uh, that said to its its uh, young women, uh, yeah, if you want to change here, you're going to have to get naked in front of of uh, uh, teenage boys, bigot. At least Stefanik isn't isn't saving you from that. I, I don't think I'm breaking any. I don't think that's a hot take. No. Uh, the Dan Crenshaws aren't going to save you from that. Um, Our list of the, allies grows thin, Aragorn. That's the, what you're saying. Anybody, anybody, almost anybody with an R after their name, they ain't going to save you from that. And that's in your backyard. I can point to a guy in this room who's going to take care of things if that happens to his daughters or multiple guys in this room. Uh, ultimately, the point is that the buck stops with you. Look in the mirror. What do you want? That's the answer. That's 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 the answer, or that's the question I, that we all have to answer every time we hear the prophet of woe and lamentation. Or, or the alternative uh, question that we have to answer is, do I feel like becoming an alcoholic today? That's another one. Difficult binary choice. At least made me think about it for a second. But that's, sadly... When, when the system will not protect your rights, then that's when you get people will act out on their own, right? We're going to stick around, do a little overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. That'll be taped and then up there later today. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.